0: I do a lot of workshops and things on self-care and the first misconception is people think of bubble baths and bubbly, right? People mm-hmm. think of, oh, self-care. Oh, that means, you know, going to the bubble bath and like, you know, putting cucumbers on my eyes and shit and, you know, and doing that and like, that's me <laughs> taking care of me, right? And I always tell people, it's like, it has nothing to do with that. Sure, it's a component of it, right? But I think the trend and the hashtag self-care thing that, that's, that's happened, you know, over the past couple of years has people thinking it's like, oh, get your mani-pedis, lady and make sure you get your hair done and all that. It's not that, you know, it's not about pampering. It's a, it's a part of it, but for me and the way I teach it, I teach transformational self-care. So it's very similar to, to the mantra from Ayanla where it's, it's how you treat yourself, it's, it's, it's how you treat not only everyone, but your higher power, the, the whatever source you believe in, right?
1: Welcome to Shooting the Ish with the Brits. The podcast for David, a white British man,
2: and Jen, a Black American woman, Shoot the Shit. Ish, she means ish about whatever we want.
1: British dinky deckers?
2: Check. American bonnets?
1: Check. Even mysterious potatoes.
2: Oh, double check.
1: So, join us for another episode of Shootin the Ish with a Brit. Welcome to shooting the ish with a Brit guys. I'm Jen.
2: I'm David the Brit. Hello.
1: That's David Hello. the Brit. Hello. We're back again for another episode, this time on our relationship with self care, buddy.
2: One of my favorite and most important relationships on the radar. And actually, before we get into it, I'm going to tell you a recent self care story. Um, the other day, uh, an I'm going to preface by saying I'd eaten an edible. It was like one of my like weekend evenings where I was like going on one of my, you know, my creative adventures, my, one of my long walks, which was great. But I was walking over the hills at Silver Lake to go towards the lake. And uh, my, I text my friend Maggie, shout out to Maggie, uh, just to check in, see how she was doing. And instead of texting me back, she called me back, which is always nice as a friend. Um, so she called me back. And at the moment I was, going down this big hill. And on the other side, it goes up a big hill, right? And as, as I answered the phone, and bear in mind, I was a little bit, you know, on the edible here as well. Um, as I was going down and, and picked up the phone to her, I see this coyote running down the other side from the other hill on the other side, like at quite a speed towards me. And, uh, and I'm like trying to be polite to Maggie in this moment. And I'm like, She's just trying to speak to me and and say hello and whatever. And I'm like, Maggie, I'm really sorry. Uh, Can you just hold on a second? Because there's a coyote running at me right now. And I figured it would just veer off, right? It would just kind of go in another direction. But it didn't and i kind of just stayed still and it just kept running right towards me until it was probably like less than 100 feet away like maybe 50 feet away and at that point maggie's still trying to be polite and talk to me normally on the phone and i'm like i can't quite explain this but i may be about to be bitten by a coyote so i've got to like do something about (laughs) it so i i go off the road and go up someone's driveway um, and to a point where like and instinctively this kicked in, and like I, they had like a little sub garden at the bottom of their driveway, which was a bit of a higher position, and all I was thinking was, if the coyote follows me i 'm on higher ground and I can fight it off when it gets there. Um, but as I got up there, I turned around and I see the coyote come up like just below me, looks up at me, and then runs off again and It was such a crazy moment, but it was like a moment of like I have to like i 'm going to be patient but i 'm also At one point, I'm going to have to do something about this if I want to look after myself here. It did not look friendly to me.
1: (laughs) So you started this off by saying you had an edible, right?
2: Yeah, I did, yeah.
1: How do you know the coyote was real? Do you hallucinate?
2: No, I mean, I'm very controlled. I have a very high tolerance at stuff, so it doesn't really affect me like I think it would other people, um, or at least not all people. Um, Yeah, it was definitely a real coyote, just to confirm for you and the audience. Absolutely, yeah. And there's also, I mean, there's lots of coyotes in the neighbourhood anyway, and around the park and stuff. And and actually, when you walk around the lake at night uh, and in the morning, within the fence, there's normally there's a family of coyotes that live within the fence and live within the reservoir area, and I see them quite often, as well.
1: That's a crazy story.
2: And in fact, at one point, literally half a block from me, I was going for a morning walk, and I saw three coyotes on my street, and and I was kind of going to walk towards them. And I'm like, wait a minute, and they just all just kind of sat there different spaces on the road. And I'm like, I'm going to go the other way this morning. I felt like a little bit. Wow. Sad. Yeah. Self-care, wow. right?
1: Yeah, I guess. Yes. That's what we're, not sure.
2: That's what we're going.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> I know. I I I know. Sure. Uh, yeah. So all, all that said, apologies to Maggie again for my bad phone etiquette, but hopefully, you know, maybe explained again in this context, you can forgive me.
1: I think it's funny that you're apologizing to her. Uh, if there's a coyote in front of me, I'm not doing any talking. I might either completely like end the conversation or throw the phone, okay? Because I'm in such a panic to get up out of there. And there's time to explain later, but you just want to make sure that you make it. So I, I, I was think still trying very... to talk. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it speaks to your character that you're like still trying to talk to somebody when your life would be in danger. So... That's that's very interesting to know
2: about you. Okay, well, that's good. A little bit of insight yeah. there. Um, all right. So so self care.
1: Yeah, man. What Me about is. it? Since it's your favorite.
2: It's my favorite. Well, it goes first. It goes hand in hand with our previous episode, our first episode, which was about the relationship with self, uh, and and we talked about it a bit in that episode. And I feel like we're probably going to talk about it in other episodes as well. But self care is for me, it's one of the most important things that I focus on in my life. And for the same reasons as your relationship with yourself, if you're not feeling good, and you're not healthy and strong of body and mind, you're absolutely not performing as well as you could be in every other relationship or aspect of your life. So self care is huge to me. And it's something that I am very conscious of all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and what about you?
1: I think my relationship with self informs my relationship with Mm self-care. So if I didn't know who I was, if I didn't take the time to know who I was, and as I've talked about in the previous episode, you know, I'm a person that believes the only real thing about me really is the fact that I exist, right? That I'm a spirit. And there are certain, you know, characteristics that are fixed, right? So if I know all of those things, great awareness then how do I make sure that I, as an existing spirit with these fixed personalities, what do I need to do in order to create balance, mm-hmm. in order to support that self, right? Mm-hmm. So for the most part, the, the self care activities I do are things I enjoy. And then there are certain things that I don't enjoy that I hope we talk about maybe after, you know, uh, the guests coming on. Um, but I think that a lot of times people think of self-care in one way when maybe it's, it's, it's something else. So how do you define the difference? What is self-care and what isn't self-care?
2: I would say it's just, it's just separated to a couple of categories. One is, you know, basic human need to survive, sleep and food and water and those kind of things. The second level of that is, is being a bit more selective about those, Base needs. Um, and that is partly self-care, but it's more kind of subconscious and it's kind of going to what your, your point of finding what works for you. And I think whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you gradually get to know more about that as you get older and experience more variety in whatever area it might be. And then there's, there's conscious self-care where you really reflect on, again, kind of what you were just saying, but you're really reflecting on what you need as an individual and also what works for you. You know, you There's there's many times where someone will refer something to you, whether it be yoga or doing weightlifting or meditating Mm. or going going for a walk. They don't work for everyone, right? So uh, it's just, it's really, I would say for me, it's always been about trying these things to see if they do work and being open to it because we don't know how we work, right? And we don't know if we haven't tried something. um, I think that's one of the important things for me. If, If I haven't tried something and it's suggested, I'm always willing to give it a go because we just don't know. you know. It's, uh, I've talked about a lot in different episodes, float tanks for me is one of the best self-care things I do, if, if not the best self-care thing I do. And it's something i had never even thought about before. And uh, a friend of mine told me about it. I was then given one as a gift. I was absolutely nervous about it. But since then, I think I've done about 20, 25 float tanks. Uh, and that's probably in the space of a year. So relatively regularly, I go to the Folk Tech now and I get so much out of that body and mind. Like, absolutely. So trying new things, seeing what works for you. Um, and the key word that you used is balance. And that's always a big thought process for yeah. me in all aspects of life. And and that balancing that self-care with your general life is really important as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to just the awareness that you needed to take care of yourself. Um, I know for me that, you know, I talked about this, I think in the self episode, but there's just a pivotal time in my twenties when that kind of happened where I needed to really support myself and look at myself specifically, just spending time alone, you know, like being alone, taking myself out to dinner, taking myself out to the movies. I had to graduate to that level. and when I did, I'm like, I'm such a, a good time, you know, which is great. Um, and I find that there can be a lot of pressure on people to not do that because they're afraid of being seen as a lonely person. Well, that's not even the case at all. You're just enjoying yourself alone, but it doesn't mean you don't have anybody, right? But because of that, that pressure, people don't do it. And I think that it really robs them of living a full life.
2: I, I agree with that. And uh, for me, I, I love my own company and, and not in like an e- egotistical way. Like I love myself. I think I'm amazing, yeah. but I'm just very comfortable being by myself. And and mm-hmm. that's actually an awareness I've really come to work out. And probably the last six to 12 months more than anything, maybe the last six months is, is I'm really, really content being on my own. Uh, and I, I don't get me wrong. I love to socialize. I love friends and family and all that kind of stuff. Um, is very, very important to me. But the pandemic for me, being on my own so much, I'm, again, this is a privilege for me as well. I'm very comfortable and enjoy that side of things. Like I can just have my own space and do my own thing. And like, and I think it is very important. And as you say, go to the movies by yourself. I do that as well. And people always think it we- it's weird, but the way I always say it to them is you're going to sit in a dark room for two hours and not speak to anyone.
1: <laughs> All right right that sounds like a perfect alone activity
2: exactly it's just it's a bizarre thing i mean i can see why it's obviously a group activity as well but why not do that on your own there's no no big deal and um yeah uh uh, it's you touched on a couple of things as well because self-care there's so many different varieties of it as well there's the obvious ones like going for a massage or meditating or eating the right foods but there's there's so many other ways that i think i do so i do self-care um it's even things like um being benevolent and, and being kind to people uh listening to music and all these yes. things that kind of bring yes. up positive emotions yes. in you that, yes. that i think is a part of self-care as far as i'm concerned you know it's not just literal you know. actions it's it's emotional elements as well um, that you can really control and focus on that benefit you as well as other people which is amazing right that you can turn self-care into directly into care for others as well. I think that's why. That's
1: so powerful because um, even though I have, you know, a really consistent self-care practice, there are definitely moments where I am imbalanced, you know, emotionally and psychologically. And so when I notice it, you know, I sit in it for a second, but if it becomes a little too much, then what I try to do is serve. Because I think usually in that imbalance, there's some sort of, um, ungratefulness that I'm practicing that I'm not even realizing. And that's why the imbalance sort of remains. So I'm like, okay, I'm still feeling imbalanced. I'm I'm feeling, you know, sad. I'm not feeling emotionally like stable right now. I need to serve. And so what that means for me is checking up, you know, more on my family, you know, calling my mother more, seeing how she's doing, calling my nieces and my nephew, my sister. You know, women that I mentor, um, you know, just making sure that I am serving. And that always, especially when I'm in an emotional state that's unstable for a while, serving actually brings me back to life. It really does. So, what you just said was very impactful. Um, and I know you talk a lot about, you know, feeling good and all this stuff. And yeah, I hope, I mean, I'm sure that's genuine, but there have to also be moments where there's an imbalance because in order for you to know there's a balance, there has to be an imbalance. So are there any, any times when you're feeling imbalanced? Uh, and if so, what do you do to reach balance? Uh,
2: two things I'll say to that. One is, um, firstly, I'll talk about the, the awareness of needing self-care and, and conscious self-care, right? When I was in my twenties, for example, I was not aware of the necessity of self-care, right? I was working extremely hard, long hours. And when I wasn't working on the weekends, I would go out and enjoy myself and try and have a good time. And that's self-care in one way, because it's a bit of a release, right, from the work week, but in another week, in, in another way, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm clearly not eating the right foods. I've not got the right patterns going on. So. I maybe it was partly situational, but it was also just lack of awareness of what was important and necessary for me to function at my fullest. Right. I think I only really came to the full awareness of it in the last several years. And in particular when my lifestyle changed because of my work change. Right. So going from freelance to a corporate environment, it just gave me a bit more time to get in tune with myself and understand that a bit more. So, uh, I would say that that's been a bit of a journey the last few years. Um, and prior to that, I, there was definitely more times when I was more unhappy or felt lethargic and tired and just didn't feel great about stuff. Not, uh, I'm not prone to depression or anything like that, but, you know, there's definitely down moments, right? Of course there is. And sure. there's a financial woes and things get, get to you a bit more. Now, it's, it's honestly really hard to get me down too much. Like there's obviously been experiences, but what I will say is two weeks ago, um, I got out of my routine and I got out of my routine of self-care and I got out of that pattern because I was just so busy. I had so much going on with work and with other stuff going on outside of it as well. I just, I, I let that, let it slip, even though I'm very aware of it. And I, and I felt the difference of that. Absolutely. Like I really, for the there was a few days after that until I really forced my routine back that I just wasn't feeling as good in myself and not mentally by the way, because generally I'm, I'm, I feel very, really healthy mentally in the last several years in particular, um, but more so physically, I just felt run down and I just knew that I wasn't drinking enough water or getting the right exercise or listening to audiobooks enough, you know, not learning enough. I was just kind of, uh, getting out of that routine and and routine is a key word for me. I think that's, that's very, very important. Um, and it's yeah. also the ability to break the routine at times because you have to, that's inevitable, but to be able to just slide back into it as and when you can, and you, and you need to, I think that's really important skill to learn as well. And to understand yeah. about yourself, you know, those, those things you need to do every day. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what are the, give me your three favorite things that you do for self-care?
1: Three favorite things. Um what are my three favorite things one is traveling okay by myself solo traveling and even in the COVID times, I'm still planning a solo trip somewhere it's going to be in New York probably or somewhere north of New York um so keeping it local the second favorite thing I would say is praying because it's just my time to talk to the Lord and I am talk to him in a very informal manner, you know, I don't cuss, but it is very informal, it's my time to meet with God, and let, you know, him know I'm thankful, and all that good stuff, and the third thing I would say, that's my favorite, is stretching, but the thing is, I I really don't like starting stretching, I, I can't stand it, (laughs) <laughs> but then by the end, like yeah. the last pose is always the, you know, touching my feet pose. Uh-huh. And as you know, over time, you know, that's yeah. been a big struggle, right? So every time that I actually touch my toes with no problem now, I feel a sense of victory. And I feel a lightness because when you, when I wake up in the morning, stretching is one of the first things that I do. So it gets my tendons moving, it gets the air moving in my blood, it gets the blood moving. And I just feel better i feel limber i feel flexible for the day so those are my my three what about you uh
2: i'm also going to say travel it's absolutely majorly significant to me and we'll get more into that in the travel episode as well but that's a major for me uh float tanks i think uh i know we talked about them a lot before but mind and body relaxation and disconnection like there's nothing else you'll ever do that is quite like a float tank um for both mind and body um i couldn't recommend them higher um and if i've had several friends go and do them on my um kind of uh, encouragement and every single one of them apart from one loved it um and mm-hmm. and now go relatively regularly which i think is quite mm-hmm. telling in itself and the third thing is drinking lots of water that's uh mm-hmm. that's always been a big thing for me and uh,
1: that's no. your favorite thing so when you're drinking it's, water you're just like "Ooh, i enjoy this like
2: I, well, it's more that i just know it's i guess we're talking about i looked at that as most in, important things and the best self-care for me and okay. drinking a lot of water i know that if i don't drink enough water i feel it very quickly you know it's okay. it's and, and i feel more alive and more awake when i drink more water and i have much more energy you know it's it's water is the staple right it's as simple as that so mm-hmm. and it it, is. it's as it's as simple as that um so that's that's uh one of my biggest aspects um okay uh, all that said shall we should we go and speak to our guest eva
1: yeah let's do it and hopefully it's as happy of a conversation as my little cup <laughs> so let's do it
2: um but before we do just to preface this with the audience there were two guest segments that jen and i recorded and when recording them, I was in a, a wooden cabin in Santa Cruz in the woods in 110 degree heat uh, or 100 to 110 degree heat, and it had no windows. Um, and this guest segment uh, is, uh, was at nine o'clock in the morning. So as you go through, if you're on the YouTube video, you'll see my face just getting more and more yellow as the sun rises over the trees. Uh, and maybe you'll just about see my eyes at the end of it um, with that.
1: Presto
2: changeo. Listeners, welcome to our guest section. Uh, We're supposed to have two guests today, but uh, pandemic, let's blame the pandemic. The second one hasn't quite turned (laughs) up yet. So maybe they're going to at some point. But for now, we have the lovely Eva Rodriguez. Um, Eva is a certified integrative nutrition health coach, an emotional eating expert, a personal trainer and a meditation teacher, as well as the host of the Healthy, Sexy, Strong podcast. Uh, the podcast itself is for the health-conscious, high-vibrational, modern woman striving to be her best self. Um, Eva created this podcast and created him for him to inspire and empower women to take better care of themselves and, and have a safe space to learn about holistic well-being and how to become healthier, sexier, and stronger, I guess, um, from the inside out. Um, so welcome, Eva, and thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you both so much. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here.
2: (laughs) Anything else you want to add to that introduction or anything else I
0: no that was a great introduction I, if okay. you guys could like introduce me everywhere i go that'd
2: be great <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice actually, if just you walked that. into every room and say this, this is someone just introducing you
0: that would be amazing <laughs> yes. that would be
1: amazing <laughs> uh-huh.
2: but then there's like a, a, a bit of music playing also as you enter the room as well and right. it kind of dies down as you're yes. being inter, introduced yes. That's That's that okay.
1: for sure I like that. Yes. so
2: i was just i was just saying before we got on but you look like you're in a, a cabin but you're in a basement which yes. is, for some reason, the connotations of a basement have never sounded good to me. <laughs> However good you make it, for some reason, it doesn't quite. quite. I'm actually, and, and for our listeners who watch on YouTube, uh, you can see that my background is very different to my normal place. I'm actually up in Santa Cruz in the woods, um, in a cabin right now, which is, uh, which is all part of self-care, which is obviously what we're here to talk about today. So, um, yeah. But Eva, welcome.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm in the basement, so it's funny because I think, dif- depending on where you're from, um, a basement might mean a lot of different things yeah. <laughs> to different people, and, I, and, there, and there's places where people don't have basements at all because of where they are, but no, my basement is like fully constructed, like it's not like halfway, okay. <laughs> so it's, not halfway it's not a storage, it's not like, like now my attic on the other hand would be weird, like that. Right. <laughs> that's right. a place where it's like, I don't know what's going on up there.
2: <laughs> it, it probably says more about me than- it does about anyone else. Like the possibly, of possibly. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, maybe to start us off, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast and what did inspire you initially, and and uh, and, and how long you've been running, and and a general. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I started my podcast earlier this year in February actually. And it was because I was I was learning all these different things when I became a health coach and and one of those people who when I learn something I just want to share it with everyone. I'm like, "Guys, I know this thing and it's great." And I wanted to share it and I'm like, "Who am I going to tell? But no one cares." And so I thought I was thinking thinking of ways to just have a platform so that I could just connect with people and share what I know and and get to know people. And I realized when I was learning more about getting healthy, that there's a lot of misconceptions and there's so many different viewpoints. And it's the reason why it's like a billion dollar industry, because everyone has an opinion and wants you to buy into theirs. So I wanted to create a space where I could just kind of talk to people just one-on-one and just explain um, what I'm learning about the importance of holistic health, not just what you eat or what you, how you move your body. So that's, Mm -hmm. I started it. And I really wanted to focus on helping women to really start to understand that we have to put ourselves first, because I think we are, we are just conditioned from from the very beginning of everything that, you know, we we're the nurturers, we take care of people, we are, Mm -hmm. we have to be strong, you have to be all these things, but we forget ourselves along the way, because I know I definitely did. And I know if I did, other women are as well. So I wanted to just have a platform where I could just help people, inspire them, educate them, empower women to understand that, you know, you are important, you are worthy, and you need to put yourself first so that you can be your best self for everybody else. So that's why I started it.
2: All right. Yeah, Jen, to ask what that means to you actually. Sorry. Yeah, please, you go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I totally relate to that, you guys, mm-hmm. and to you specifically, Eva. Um, there's a mantra that I have in my life that comes from a Yamla Levan Are you familiar with her? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, and she says, However you treat yourself is a reflection of how you treat God in your life. So if you mm-hmm. put yourself last, and that means that you're putting God last. So yeah. that's why you wanna make sure that you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, we invited Eva on to talk about relationships with self-care. So just considering what you said and also my perspective, what does self-care look like and what does it not look like?
0: Oh, yes. Those are, that's a great question. Cause I, I hear this a lot and I, I, I do a lot of workshops and things on self-care. And the first misconception is people think of bubble baths and bubbly, right? People mm-hmm. think of, oh, self-care. Oh, that means, you know, going to the bubble bath and like, you know, putting cucumbers on my eyes and shit and, you know, and doing that. And like, that's me taking <laughs> care of me. Right. And I always tell people, it's okay. like, it has nothing to do with that. Sure. It's a component of it. Right. But I think the trend and the hashtag self-care thing that that's, that's happened, you know, over the past couple of years has people thinking, it's like, oh, get your mani-pedis ladies and make sure you get your Mm. hair done and all that. It's not that, you know, it's not about pampering. It's a, it's a part of it, but for me and the way I teach it, I teach transformational self-care. So it's very similar to to the mantra from Mayanla, where it's, it's how you treat yourself is, is, is how you treat not only everyone, but your higher power, the, the, whatever source you believe in. Right. So if you're not honoring that you're not honoring you, how can you ever be your very best, right? And I think even as women, we tend to be, we compare ourselves a lot, right? So it's like, I, I I, see this person doing this, but we don't know their story. We don't know what they're doing or what they're going through or what their journey is. So instead, if you focus intrinsically, you focus on how can I present the best? How can I do, what, what do I need to do for myself to feel my very best so that I am presenting my best self to the world? These are the things that we tend to forget about, right? So when it comes to transformational self-care, it's holistic. It's my mind- body spirit it's all of these different elements that come that that we have to consider and it all moves together right so the way I teach it is all the eight dimensions move together but um, most of it comes from within it's that five percent that's that's you know making sure your nails are done or making sure you're getting a massage right that's the five percent the important work is the work that we're doing on the inside how we're regulating our emotions the things that we're putting in our in our body how much how we're consuming media especially like at a time like now where it's insanity right all of that stuff you're consuming is either helping or hurting your your inside you know from the inside out and then you're projecting those things so that's a long long answer to self-care is not you know getting pampered right that's just a part of it it's also not selfish and a lot of people Mm -hmm. think of self-care they're like oh but if i'm taking care of me then i'm forgetting about my kids my partner my whatever and it's like no actually when you take the time to take care of you Mm -hmm. you help them even more, you're, you're being a better person for them as well. And they're going to appreciate that. Sometimes I think, and I also teach this a lot too, um, you know, we're going to have our toxic people that are, that are going to say, no, you're being selfish. You know, that's, that's not how we should be. You need to be, you know, the martyr and put yourself (laughs) on the line for everyone first. But those are also the people that, and I I cover toxic behaviors when I teach as well. Those are the people that you don't need in your life and practicing Mm -hmm. self-care helps you realize who are those people who are not supporting your best self. And that's also another big part of self-care.
2: So in thinking about this episode, thinking about self-care and and also in just what you just said, I kind of, I'd broken self-care down into three categories. One being human needs, right? Mm -hmm. Food, sleep, those things that we absolutely have to do and everyone has to do to survive. The second stage of it is those kind of subconscious things that to some extent are conscious, for example, going for massages and eating healthier food and getting the right amount of sleep as opposed to just getting sleep. And then the third is really what you're getting at and what you're trying to encourage, which is conscious self-care and Mm -hmm. really kind of self-reflecting on what you need as an individual that's going to help you individually as well as everyone else. Um, With that in mind though, the other element of this as far as self-care goes it's kind of, I see it as a bit of a privilege to understand that need for self-care, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of, because you I think you said we forget to do these things or we forget about these things. But the reality is that a lot of people don't know these things. They've I never agree. been educated. They've never mm-hmm. understood that they can do these things to help, even meditation as an example. Mm-hmm. That's something I that didn't come to me until like probably two, three years ago, at least mm-hmm. that I started doing meditation and taking yeah. part in that. So um, as far as kind of educating self-care goes. I mean, obviously you have your podcast, which is amazing. And you're aimed at a target group on the grander scale. It's obviously a big issue because Mm -hmm. what you put out there affects everyone else. Any, any thoughts on that and out of ways that the, the world or the U S or society could encourage that. And,
0: yeah, absolutely, and you're right because it's a lot of you know you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that because it's because self care is so trendy, I, I on the one hand I'm like I'm glad it's becoming a trend because it needs more um, more attention, right? We need the spotlight mm-hmm. on it. Unfortunately, trendy things and these trendy hashtags tend to get really diluted really quickly. So then again, a person will be like, oh, self care means massages, you know? I don't have time for that, so I'm not doing it, you know? And then they just shut it off right there, not realizing that like you. Said, it is inclusive of a bunch of different things. And it's, it's everything from your emotional self-care to your financial self-care to your mental self-care. It's all different little buckets, but they all work together. So if, if you don't, if you're not even thinking of it that way, and you're only thinking self-care means these physical things that I do, then of course, a lot of people are not doing them. A lot of people are not even thinking that self-care is meditating, that self-care is, is taking the time to stretch, you know, because your body just needs to in the morning. It's, you know, is what you're putting in your, in your system, is, you know, the, the media that you're consuming, all of that, is part of your self-care, but it's so at the back of our minds that we're just surviving, right? And I think even now, right, a lot of us are just trying to fucking get by. (laughs) Like, we don't know what's (laughs) happening. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know anything. So we're kind of like in this survival mode, but actually, and what I say to people all the time now is when it's really important to practice self-care. Now it's when it's really important to educate yourself on what does self-care mean in each different area of my, of my life? What does it mean emotionally? What does it mean when it comes to my career? And if, there's anything changing over there what do I need to do over there you know to, to make sure that I'm okay and so one of the things that I like a tip that I always give people that are very new to this idea of taking care of themselves or prioritizing themselves is every morning ask yourself what do I need today to feel good mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. and that could mean so many different things. That could mean I need a hug. That could mean I need sex. Mm -hmm. That could mean I need a lot of water because I'm dehydrated from yesterday. You know, that could mean so many different things. But if you, if you start your day asking yourself, what do I need? Like, not what do they need? Not everybody else, not Mm -hmm. what the emails are saying, right? What do I need today to take me to, to either, Take me out of a negative place into a more positive place or to maintain feeling well, mm-hmm. right? Because the other thing that I try to um, explain to people when I'm teaching this is if self care is a very um, foreign concept for you, replace it with well being, right? Just replace it with how am I, how, what's my well being when it comes to my emotional well being, right? Mm-hmm. My physical well being, how am I feeling there, how, social well being, whatever the case is, how am I feeling there? And if it's not good, what do I need to do to get to a better place? And I think those things kind of help to reframe our idea that self-care is mani-pedis. <laughs>
2: That's it. It's the conscious self-care element. Absolutely. Yeah. Breaking it mm-hmm. down.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. What I'm hearing from you is that everything that a person does to practice self-care needs to achieve emotional, mental, physical, um, what else? Financial wellness. Yes. Whatever those things are to achieve that, then that's what, you know, you should be doing. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. then I kind of want to take it to specific demographics because as David talked about, there's a certain privilege. I feel like I have a certain privilege to, um, look for self-care practices because I'm single. I don't have any children. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no dependents. So, I feel like there's a certain privilege in order for me to like get there. Yeah. What are some ways for other demographics to get there? People who are single parents, you know, Mm -hmm. people who are married, right? With children or just married. How do those people go? uh, How do those people go about searching for self-care practices?
0: yeah great question so i always say um so i'm a big proponent of of writing things out like journaling dip brain dump doesn't have to be and when i tell people to journal they're like oh i have to write the gettysburg address i'm like no you don't have to do all that it's just just write. (laughs) just get thoughts out of your mind and whatever that looks like right so i like to always say um write down what it is that you think you need first, you know, whatever it is. And it can just be a, an entire brain dump. Cause again, you don't know, right? There's so many different things. It could be, I need to find a way to quiet my mind five minutes a day. So that could look like meditation. That could look like emotional freedom technique. That could look like yoga. That could look like a lot of different things. So just kind of dumping out what it is that you think you need and, and then you'll figure out how to get there. So if you're feeling a lot of anxiety and then it's come kind of breaking it down to why am I feeling this anxiety? Anxiety? Is it because of my family life? Is it because of my work life? Because again, this is now affecting all the areas of your well-being, which is your self-care. So I, I like to start there with just like, what do you want to feel, right? Like, where do you want to go? Because once you figure out where you want to go from this, like, what do you want to go from anxiety to calm? Or do you want to go from unhappy to joy, right? Wherever you want to go, then you're filling in the blanks in between. Because like me, I'm a single mom. So I have to do a lot of different things than what um, a housewife would do, right? Doesn't mean that we don't both need self-care because we all do. But my what it looks like for me is different than what it looks like for a person that has right. a nanny, or for a person that has a husband, or for a person that has no kids, right? Because then you have a different set of needs, but they all are still very valid, right? So it's a matter of figuring out what it is that you need, and then finding the different techniques that'll work for you. And sometimes it won't be, it won't always be the same thing. So you may want day feel like I need something. I feel this stagnant energy. I don't know what to do with it. It could mean dance. It could mean go run, right? And it might mean a different thing on a different day. But once you have kind of like an arsenal of things that you can do to kind of like a toolkit, things that you can go to on a day when I feel like I have stagnant energy, on a day when I need to really ground myself, on a day when I just need to unwind, right? What does all that look like? And what are the different things that I can do and kind of plug them in? And once you write them out or kind of have an idea of them, then you can go into what I call a toolkit. You go into your toolkit and like, today, what I really, really need is a... glass of wine that is my self-care you know versus tomorrow what i really need is to do some yoga for 10 minutes you know so it'll always be a different thing and then you know when it comes to the different demographics again if you're a a parent or whatever the case is it's it's prioritizing it right so that's the other thing that's the other part of it that gets lost sometimes because when we have competing priorities it's like your self-care tends to be last Mm -hmm. because again we're just conditioned to just put other people before us so what I like to teach is you have to prioritize it just like anything else. Just like if you had an appointment to go somewhere, you have an appointment for you. You know, if that's waking up 15 minutes earlier, just for your quiet time, you have to honor that because it's part of honoring yourself. And if it means asking a partner, if you have that luxury to ask someone, Hey, like every Friday, can I have from this time to this time? But again, scheduling it it's me time it's me time and for this hour or for how even if it's 10 minutes right for these 10 minutes they belong to me and oftentimes especially busy like busy people will say I just don't have time for any of it right i
2: gonna ask you, you that
0: <laughs> yeah that's right. the thing right we all we all say we don't have time mm-hmm. but we also know we make time for the things that are important right yeah. and the, so what I say is it just means it's not important to you yet and it needs to be Right. Yeah, it's it's like not that. important and That's it needs real. to be. So now it's reframing that. Now it's saying, you know, everybody else needs you, but you know who needs you the most? You do. Uh, yeah. just, I also want to,
1: sorry. Well, I just want to add go. something because, and this is so petty It honestly has almost nothing to do with this episode, but I said I was single and that could really affect my boyfriend listening. All I meant, boyfriend, is that we're not married. You know, that's all I meant. That's all I meant. And I just want to clarify that because I was like, damn, if he said that, I'd be really in my feelings. So sorry, Boo. But um, yes, yeah, to make it about this podcast though, my boyfriend's really good about self-care and he is very good about communicating, you know, when he needs space to himself, which I encourage as you yeah. do, you know, in relationships. So
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: um there's to a touch on uh, something you just said, which is that um, when people say, I don't have time and, and your uh, kind of conclusion with that is that it's just not important enough to them. It kind of is the opposite to addiction in that way, right? People that are addicted to things, they're never going to help themselves until they know that they need to and it becomes important to them. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that, you know, the opposite of addiction, I guess, is looking after yourself and, and yeah. that. So, yeah. um, OK, um, slightly two part question. Uh your client, obviously, your your podcast is aimed at women. But your clients in your in your other work, is that are they quite diverse, or is it generally women?
0: So I generally do. Um, I target women because that's just what I always yeah. kind of gravitate towards. Me, mm-hmm. I've been a little bit um, a little bit hesitant sometimes, and even just like the 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 pictures that I put out and things like that. Because mm-hmm. while I do get a lot of like men, right, a lot of male attention that comes through, it's not the kind that I want. Right. So Black. it's like, so my thing Black. is like, even like on my Instagram or on the things that I um, promote, I'm very cognizant of um, there can be, if, if, you're, if you're a little too broad, right. You can start to attract just different types of people that are not interested in being helped. Right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, they're not interested in being helped. So I like to focus <laughs> on the people that I can help. Not yep. to say I've had, I've definitely had male clients. I've definitely had clients that are A little bit older than like the general demo for my podcast Mm -hmm. but um which is fine and that's why you know even though when you niche down you can still always attract and help other people Mm -hmm. but i have found that you know focusing on women that are that i can really relate to and like really busy women women that you know have a lot going on high performing you know high touch women um that's what i can relate to because i've been there so i can say I know what it's like to work 80 hours a week and, and not have time to put yourself first. You still mm-hmm. got to do it, <laughs> but you still got to yeah. do it. Yeah.
2: Sure. I mean, if you want to work <laughs> sustainably for those 80 hours a week, you need to look right. after yourself. Um, okay. So the, the second part of that question is with those clients in general, let's, I mean, the majority of you say women, what, are the, what are the significant patterns you see in people?
0: Oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many. I think the biggest mm-hmm. ones are, um, and, you know, as much as there's all this, like women empowerment and body positivity movements that go on, there are still so many women who just don't believe that they're worthy of anything, mm-hmm. you know, wow, that, are love, yeah. that are worthy of love, that are worthy of, of, of unconditional love, you know, mm-hmm. which really, which is different, that are worthy of their health, you know, that mm-hmm. are worthy of prioritizing themselves. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Cause subconsciously I was there too. Right. So it's like the thing about you know, these, these situations that are very intrinsic is you don't really see a lot of people that are like, I think I'm the worst, right? Like people don't just like go around saying, Oh, I'm not worthy. Like they don't say it. You don't have to say it. It's in the actions. It's in how you react to things. It's in how you take care of yourself. That is all a reflection of how you really feel about yourself because when you truly do love yourself and when you truly are accepting of yourself, flaws and all, we are all flawed, right? And it's okay. And I think a lot of women too, what the trend that I see is, it's the comparison itis. It's well, she's doing this, or she looks like that, or she has this, or she's far, Ahead in life than where I sh- where I think I should be in my life, mm-hmm. so we do see a lot of that as well, and that again goes back to how you see yourself and how you value yourself. And unfortunately, most of us are not taught those fundamental things of just love yourself, love yourself first and foremost and everything mm-hmm. else will fall into place. That's such a foreign concept to so many people mm-hmm. that it's sad, you yeah. know, it's, it's actually really sad. When I work with women sometimes and I say, let's do affirmations, it's there's so much resistance when I ask someone to look mm-hmm. at themselves in the mirror and say, you're beautiful there's so much resistance there. We get tears, we get I don't want to. We get but I don't want to look in, you know, I don't like how I look in the mirror. It's these things and it's so sad, but it's also I see it so much that I know it's not just one little cluster of people. It's just that we have not been taught that it's okay, that it's okay to say I'm worth it, I'm beautiful. I'm not perfect. That's okay. You know, and I think we have, we, a lot of us strive for this thing, this like pie in the sky ideal that -hmm. we're never going to reach. And because that's such a moving target, we always feel like a failure. Because if you're always shooting for something that's not gonna, that's not there, it's this, it just keeps moving around. So it's like, oh, I'm here, and then it's like, nope, you're not there anymore. It's like that game. It's like, nope, just kidding, you know. So you're you're constantly aiming towards something that's just never gonna happen. And I think a lot of times we set ourselves up to fail instead of setting ourselves up to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I, I I try to get people to reframe their mindset of let's not look at all of these bad things right because we can get sucked into that and we'll stay there forever we can if we focus on all the bad shit in the world we'll we'll all be crying right we'll all be in the mm-hmm. corner crying <laughs> but if we focus on the things that you a have control over also focus on the fact that you know you have so much at your disposal just focus on the whole gratitude thing right which is why it's so powerful focusing on the Mm -hmm. the things that we can improve upon instead of trying to create something out of thin air let's work on what we have already because we have Mm -hmm. so much so it's it's helping people kind of shift their mindset i see that a lot that's like the biggest commonality and it comes down to like just you are worthy. Like I Mm -hmm. I have to tell people so much and I, it's a a mantra that I think I have to kind of assign a lot and it's okay. It's just sad that we have to do that. Like you would think, right? Like you would think Mm -hmm. at this, at this point, you know, where we are in the world that people would, would know, would know these things, but kind of like we said earlier in the show, a lot of people just don't know better. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know, you just don't know. So what do you do? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that so much, Eva. That got me thinking. Um, (laughs) It really did. That in order to even be aware of how important it is to take care of yourself, we have to destroy so many things Mm -hmm. that we've maybe learned when we were children. Yeah. Comparison, Mm -hmm. um, you know, expectations that are not real, Mm -hmm. uh, fairy tales. (laughs) Yeah. All these things, you know, I mean, everything seems to go marketing, understanding Mm -hmm. marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we Mm -hmm. are all being trained to think and believe and to show those things in our actions, right? So there's so much that we have to do, so much unpacking. Mm -hmm. Um, So for for myself, I had a very um, unique upbringing. Mm -hmm. I was raised by a lot of women Mm -hmm. um, and they instilled so much self-confidence in me. Mm. and told me a lot of things that a lot of women have not learned and have not you know said to themselves I definitely have fallen victim of course Mm -hmm. um to a comparison standard or believing in fairy tales but I do think that it helps when children have a some kind of understanding as to how important they are and Mm -hmm. and their own self-care so as a parent yourself um, how have you been navigating, you know, passing down this understanding of self-care to your child?
0: Yeah, so um that's something that I learned. So when I decided to to become a health coach a couple of years ago, that's one of the things that I actually really that stuck with me because I was like, there's so much that I'm learning that I now need my son to know. And mm. um and I, I think And I think our daughters really need this, this especially, but it's our sons as well. Cause I think I get really annoyed. Sometimes people are like, no, it's our daughters, our children, our children need to be taught all of these things. It doesn't matter their gender, right? Our children need to be raised to know that again, you, you need to put yourself first and you, if you're not taking care of what, what you need as your mom sure it's my job to help you but I won't be here forever you know so I need to teach him the it's I think it's even part of just the independency of it of teaching our children it's also part of that just like you want to teach your child how to you know wash dishes and clean and do their laundry these things as well of just like taking time for you taking time to understand what do you need today to feel good you know what what's that thing that you need so for me it's been and it wasn't always like that so I had resistance we talked about a little bit earlier. I had resistance from my son, even though he's he's nine, but he's kind of grown. I had resistance from him when I started to say, "No, mommy needs mommy time." You know, so I have this little thing that I put on my door. This mm. "Do not disturb, do not disturb the queen" is my yeah, little um, yeah. thing. But that, I, <laughs> I put it on the door, and he knows because I'd be like in the middle of meditating. He'd be like, "Mommy." <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, like, and how old is your son he's nine how he just turned is- nine okay yeah. Oh, that's right. yeah so um so he would do that I'm like I, now I have now boundaries again now I have to set boundaries for him and say when I have the thing on my door do not barge in say mommy I'm hungry you know but um <laughs> even teaching him those things because that's modeling the way you know that's showing him like hey mommy needs mommy time I need these 10 minutes to myself and you're you're gonna be just fine you know but um but that was something in the beginning when I first started that he was just like well what are you doing you know or I would go you know take take an hour and just kind of go take a walk you like, why are you gonna you know why so I was getting and that's the thing we get resistance from the people that love us and not because they don't mm. want us to do what's best for us because a child doesn't even know better right uh, they, they 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 just want you they just want mommy mm. they just want you know but um but again, it's one of those things where you're, you'll get resistance from people at times. When you set boundaries with people, people are going to be like, what the fuck? You know, especially if that's something that you've been used to doing with them or they're like someone's used to calling you at three in the morning because they broke up with their boyfriend for the 10th time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's self-care boundary. Yeah. <laughs> the, here, here's a boundary for you. This is self-care for your ass. Hey, um, don't call me at three in the morning <laughs> unless you're dying. You know, like it's, it's those things because yeah. we can again, we tend to give so much right especially if you're a very naturally giving person so if i'm always that person i'm now your 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 recycling bin right the, i'm my friend's recycling bin because they want to just dump everything on me but what are you doing for you right because now you're absorbing everybody's shit, right and again these are people that love you these are people that don't it's not like you're saying this and it's for, for an enemy these are people that love you and they're gonna be like wait a minute you're supposed to be there for me. You know, you're supposed to put me first, right? And so it's it's reprogramming and it's reconditioning people and sometimes setting those boundaries with the people that you love and saying, "Hey, this is me needing what I need right now and I need you to respect that," right? That even in and of itself can be resistance and then if we get enough of that, whether it's from a child, a friend, a partner, if it's like, "Why do you always have to, you know, do that?" Then What is the other thing that I often see is you get enough resistance from the people around you and then you stop, you know? And then again, Mm -hmm. you go back to this place of, okay, well, I can't take care of me because I got to take care of them, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's where we, we, the breakdown comes up all over again. And then we have to mm-hmm. kind of go back to that. So I think it's really, really important to set those boundaries early and often with people, when, especially once you start to prioritize this, because it might look totally foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And and to not take the resistance as like, it's because I shouldn't be doing it or it's because I'm wrong for doing it or mm-hmm. believing the lie that it's because that it's you're selfish because it's not true. It's just it's new to them, just like it's new to you. It's new to them. So just getting them used to
2: that. So in that vein and talking about kids as well, Um, education is always a thing for me. And I think I've maybe talked about every single episode we've recorded (laughs) so far in one way or another, but educating kids, these life lessons are very crucial. One of the things I think that lacks between boys and girls is that boys and girls aren't educated about the other and about what they are going to go through Mm -hmm. in their lives. And I think that is, to build that yeah. awareness is something that will help that resistance and, and stop that pushback. And especially between boys and girls and men and women kind of, if I had known much more about how women functioned, when I was a kid, my life would have definitely been, at least, you know, my the way I dealt with certain things might've been much, much different for sure. And I think that's yeah. really something important to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, education is key to all these things as we know, yes.
1: and,
2: <laughs> and this country, like many others is very flawed. Um, yeah. So, all this said, all, all this help you are giving to other people. What, what is it that you do for yourself? Like you, what's your self-care? What are the big things for you?
0: So for me, the big things are having routines in place. So having a morning routine and an evening routine, um, a morning routine so that I can start my day on the right foot. Because I think a lot of the time, this is something that took me a long, long time to understand. Like for years, the first thing I would do is grab my phone, Who emailed me? Who's texting me? What happened on Facebook? You know, looking at everything in the world in the first five minutes of me waking up. Right. And what I learned, the first thing that I, one of the first things I learned is your mind, when you're just waking up is at its most absorbing at the time, like you're the most open, right. That first, like 20 minutes of you going from slumber to waking up. So if the first thing that you're putting in is again, if you're just putting in junk in your mind, it's just like waking up and eating donuts. Right. It's like, that's the first thing you do. It's the equivalent Mm -hmm. of that. And that's what I was doing. Essentially. It was just like, Oh, let me get my phone. Let me see what's going on in the world. Um, so one of the first things I learned was how important it is to start your day just on a calm note. If you start your day dealing with shenanigans, you're going to be dealing with shenanigans for the rest of the day, you know, and if you start your day in a grounded state, even if shenanigans arise, because they will, you'll be more grounded, right? So that was one of the first things that I learned is, is having that routine. And then the alternative is when it's time to shut down, because again, a lot of the times we're working until two in the morning, we're in the, you know, in our bed on the laptop, right? And the last thing you do is you close your laptop and you go to bed. Again, you're going to bed, still riled up, you're still thinking about the day. Now you're thinking about what you got to do tomorrow. So so those are the two things that the two kind of bookends to my day is starting it in, in, in some sort of routine and ending it with some sort of routine as well to wind down. Um, meditating is a really, really big part of my life. And I'm what I, I call myself like a lazy meditator because I don't do it for more than like 10 minutes, right? It's I don't need to, I don't have time to do it for an hour. I think a lot of people think that's how like meditating means sitting in a corner for an hour with a white gown with your hands like this. And it's not, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not. not. But, but, you know, it's, again, misconceptions, right? But meditating is a huge, huge part of my life. And it's really transformed my life as well, just helping me stay grounded and helping me um, control my emotions. I used to be very emotionally volatile. And I, I credit meditation a lot for helping me um not be that way anymore and then I also I love to exercise and I wasn't always like this either trust me like two years ago I was like what um but now I've learned <laughs> I've learned the different movements that my body enjoys and I think that's and that's another thing that I teach a lot with people it's people that hate exercise generally it's because you're not doing the right right mm-hmm. stuff, you know, because someone told you that you need to run so that you're running and now you're back and your knees hurt, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, it's not for everybody, not, I can't run, it's not for me, but I still move my body every day, right? And it feels great and it I move the energy out of my body and if I don't, I feel weird because it feels like stuck energy in my body. So I've found things that that are kind of like the non-negotiables in my life. Every day I need to move my body, every day I need to drink plenty of water, every day I need to meditate and journal. And journaling is another really big thing that... Um, again, gets overly complicated because people think it's you have to write a certain amount of pages, or it has to be about some some deep shit. And sometimes it's just just what's on your mind on paper. That mm-hmm. even that helps. Even looking at your thoughts as insane as you may think they are in here, they'll make more sense on paper, right? So that's also another really great way that I help to get my mind cleared so that it's not, because imagine we have what, 60,000 thoughts in our minds every single day. If that just stays in here, right? And you're not even moving it out. You're not putting it on paper. You're not dancing it out or running it out. It's just there. It's just compounding, right? And that's, why we have headaches (laughs) and that's why you can't sleep. And that's why all these things happen. Because again, these are, we just need an outlet for our body and our mind and our brain. It's, it's designed for us to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it that way, it's like, we just want to live guys. Right. And it's like, and then there's all of, and then it's you, and then there's us, then there's us, it's complicating. And it's like, no, I just want to do what I want to do. And your, (laughs) your, your brain and your body is like, we just want you to give us the right food and move us and just like, think about (laughs) things on paper, you know? So those are kind of the things that I like to kind of tick off every single day. Um, It doesn't, always look the same. And that's why I like to teach people too. It doesn't, it's, every day doesn't have to be, if you're into routines and every hour should have a, a, a purpose, great. I'm not like that at all. I can barely do time blocks on my calendar. I'm <laughs> I'm still working on that, mm-hmm. but I just know that there is these four things that I really, really need to do every single day. And as long yeah. as I get them done, you know, if, mm-hmm. if I don't meditate in the morning, that's okay. You know, I know people. They're like, I didn't do it. I suck. You know, and like they beat themselves <laughs> up. And it's like, Lord, relax. Like it's okay. Just get it done. Right. Yeah. Like it does. Everything doesn't have to be so rigid and so complicated. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think we over. Everyone tends to overcomplicate everything, and then that makes us. You know, it's that thing where it's like, oh no, never mind. I don't want to do it anymore because you've Uh just made it this monster that it doesn't need to be yeah yeah
2: uh just just quickly for you to jump in with something jen um the the funny thing about journaling is and by the way because a lot of people have to be taught to journal right and encouraged to journal Mm -hmm. a lot of us when we were kids used to write diaries right so we learned how to journal and then Mm -hmm. we stopped doing it and then have to relearn it right It's (laughs) it's quite an interesting concept in itself yeah yeah i think
1: yeah true um and I think the next thing that I want to ask is really regarding people who are listening and watching this and they're like you know what this all sounds really really great um but how much time is this going to take not literally meditating or you know exercising but how long is it going to take to get to a point where I'm comfortable taking mm-hmm. care of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like sharing even your own personal story about sort of how long it's taken mm-hmm. and even the status of your own relationship with self-care mm-hmm. could help those people. I mean, I could start, but, you know, but, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, if no, absolutely. Stuff. I think that it's, it it's going to take as much as it needs to take for each individual, right? Because it mm-hmm. depends on how much unlearning you need to do because a lot of us yeah. need to learn what it looks like, but then unlearning what it doesn't mean or what it doesn't look like. So there's two things that are gonna be going on and it's a process and it's, going, it's one of those things where, like I said, I always recommend kind of figuring out what you need, like, what do I need? And where do I want to go? And then kind of backing it in like kind of reverse engineering. These are the things that I can do to do that. But then yeah, implementing, right? So we can do all the planning in the world and all the journaling in the world. If you don't implement it, it didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. So then implementing it as well is going to take, it's a process. It's going to be, it's just, just like anything else. Just like, you know, if you haven't been to the gym in 10 years and now you start going, you're not going to go straight to the heaviest weights right and then be like oh I'm great and now where are my muscles right it's a process it's going to take some time <laughs> it might take yeah. you a month or so to get comfortable in the gym it might take you a month to even get to the point where you get inside the gym and, and do, go and do something right it's going to take time it's the same thing with anything when it comes to a new behavior that you're trying to make a habit right so yeah I think it's just it, it goes back to remembering, you know, a lot of times people say, remember your why, but remember your why is important because that's why I always start with the question, what do I need? So if what I need today is this, that's why it's important. And then that's why I'm going to make this a priority. So I think it's partly implementation, right? It's going to take a little bit of time, but your desire to want to change it will fuel it. You know, so if you're not, it's kind of like, if you're not that motivated to learn something new, you're going to kind of half-ass it and be like, "Eh, I mean, I don't have time today. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But when you are really, really motivated, it's like I said earlier, we make time for the things we care about. When you want something, you make it happen, right? Like when you you know that this is something that I either need to achieve or I have to achieve for whatever reason, you're like, okay, I'm going to start moving some things around. I'm going to start, it's going to be maybe uncomfortable in the beginning, but it's a process. And just like with anything else, if you... Um, if you kind of abort it before it's time, then you'll never know the fruits of it. And that happens a lot. People say things like, oh, this is just taking too long, or I can't get into it. But you've only done it three times. (laughs) You know, I didn't like working out either when I first started. I didn't like eating kale when I first started eating it. Like, I didn't like, I didn't like the taste of water. Like, literally, I was one of those people was like, I can't drink regular water. You know, like, I didn't like it. Right. But, but I understood how important it was. Right. I understood that water is better for me than diet Coke. And that was a process, you know, because I was like, it's diet guys, nothing wrong with diet. It's not chemicals in there but you know it's one of those it's, it's going to be a process and it has that's why it has to yeah. be something where you think um but you know in your in your in your heart i need to do this for me and
1: i yeah, think that's that. so encouraging you know sorry david to know no, that it's a process because everything is you know mm-hmm. we can always go into the comparison game of well here's eva and jennifer and david and they mm-hmm. seem to be doing really great with self-care but they've been doing it for years yeah it's we have been doing it for years, but we're still in the process Mm -hmm. of probably getting to certain points of wellness in our own journey, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's super helpful. Also, just funny about the water situation, because I Mm -hmm. had made a goal at the top of this year to drink water and have fruits every day, Mm -hmm. you know, there were days Eva and David, (laughs) where I was like, I don't want to drink water right now, but I'm going to force myself. So I think that's like a point of discipline. That's Mm -hmm. also important. You know, there are some days that I don't necessarily enjoy certain self-care practices but things like drinking water is actually important for my body and fuel. Right. So I need to do that. Um, so it's not all fun and games every time. But when right. you realize, hey, this is good for you, mm-hmm. then it becomes enjoyable. Now it's second nature. You know, yes. I'm in August and yeah. it's been eight eight months of consistent water and fruit every morning, mm-hmm. water and fruit every morning. So what you said was very helpful.
0: Yeah. And
2: routines. Awesome. Um, I actually, uh, Jen, if you remember uh, one of your birthdays, the last couple of years, I bought you a water bottle, which had the the marks along it about how much you should be drinking through the day and when you have to refill um but just on the water thing as well actually (laughs) but for years when I used to go out you know having drinks with my buddies in London uh, and whatever um I used to every drink or two I'd have a glass of water every time and I don't get I rarely get hangovers because of it and the the boys would wind me up about it they would (laughs) take the mick out of me all the time like what are you doing and now every single one of them do it
0: like after after trying oh. it a few
2: times, all of them do it. And it, and if ever I go and see them, and I'm go to the bar and I have you know five beers and a, a pint of water, please. I'll, I'll get me one of those too. Get me one of
1: those. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but Eva, how do how do you feel? And because it, this is something that's really important to me for self care is music. Is mm-hmm. that something you ever talk to people about? Uh, any of your clients?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. I I love music. I think it's so important. I, my background, I was. I used to sing and dance a hundred okay. years ago. So, but so my background is very musical and I have right. this, like, it's my first love. I always say, but I think music is so important because it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it can take you from any mood to any other mood that you want to go to. It can make you sad. It can make you angry. It can make you happy. Right. So it's, it's so, I think it's so important for people to have, um, and I don't, I don't relate to people that don't like music. <laughs> I'm just like, how do you not?
2: It's bizarre, not, isn't it? I, I, I'm weirdest. the same. Yeah. It's, it's
0: so, bizarre. it's like not liking fluffy animals. It's like, but why? But they're so, but they're <laughs> so cute. Um, but no, I think music is really, really, really important. I think for in general, just because of the mood enhancement, right? Because mm-hmm. it can take you to another place. It's to me, it's very much like reading a book, right? Like it's like you want to transport yourself into another place or mm-hmm. into into reminding you of like uh, things from the past, things that, you know, it just brings up so many different emotions and memories for people that it's super, super, it's a big, big part of my life for sure. I think I also kind of on the realms of music, I think having a creative outlet is important for people, whether it's music related or not, whether it's dancing and moving the energy out of your body or singing and again, moving energy out of your body or just, you know, anything that's, it's creative that you can kind of release your creative, um, just, just your creative energy. Cause we all have it. Um, some people, it just presents differently, but I think that that's another big part of self-care is having these outlets, having these things that you can do that kind of take you out of your present moment. And sometimes that just, that is part of taking care of you. It's just getting yourself out of whatever, whatever you are feeling right this minute, mm-hmm. whatever that means. So it could mean that could be one of those things that people write down. I'm having a really stressful day. Let me go put on my playlist, you know, and go for a walk, you, a nature walk. Like I tell people to go on walks, they think I want them to like power walk. You could just go outside. Like it's really. Again, we overcomplicate things. It's like, do I need to put on a headband? No, just bitch, go walk and just just do that. Um, but yeah, I think that anything that can take you out of your present moment and music is something that's definitely one of those things for a lot of people. So I, I love and I highly I use it. I listen to music every single day.
2: <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Yeah. And actually, so I actually build uh, every month. I build a playlist and mm-hmm. as well as obviously all, the, all my favorite music of that month that i've discovered i often go back and listen to something a year ago or six months ago the playlist from that month and it's very different to what it is six yeah. months later and you kind of it, it feels a bit nostalgic as much as anything mm-hmm. and it's a, like a reflection on that period of the year right which exactly. is quite nice yeah I find it quite therapeutic in that way yeah
1: yeah all right well i'm ready to move on to yeah. games if you are unless you have other sure. questions
2: no for sure i'm good um so i think you have a head, had a heads up about the get the the games we're calling them um but uh just to reintroduce so the first one is words of wisdom and it, it's essentially something for you that's stuck with you throughout your life or whether it's even in your recent career something that's important that you'd like to share with people
0: oh man um words of wisdom i think that kind of just kind of staying on the on the topic of self-care because it's what we were talking about and because it's so all-encompassing it's just remembering that self-care is not selfish you know it's just not it's not selfish and I think that self-love is not selfish either anything that has to do with like self people that want to be like oh you're being you're being it's all about you right and I think that I, I want to dispel this myth that prioritizing yourself is is bad you know, or that it makes you a, a selfish individual or that it makes you not nurturing. I'm one of the most nurturing people that I know, and I'm still very, very much in love with me. And- because of that I put myself first because I know that that's the only way I can show up as my best self. Right. Mm -hmm. And I used to be the person that would fall on the sword for people. And I used to be a doormat and I used to be all of these things as well. And the, the Eva today is, is is such a happier person and such a better mother, friend, daughter, everything else, Mm -hmm. because I stopped believing that lie that self care is selfish.
2: Good.
1: And then the second one we call a legacy game, but it's not really a game. It's more, a, you know, what do you want people to say about you when it's all said and done?
0: Mm. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I would say, I want people to say that, um, I want people to say that I, that I really cared and that I really cared to make a difference in people's lives. I've, um, you know, my story, my journey it's it has a lot of like bumps and it has a lot of um a lot of ups and a lot of more downs probably and I always say that I think I went through a lot of the the hell that I have had to go through in my life to help somebody else go through a little bit less of it right mm-hmm. so um that 's why having a platform is important and and sharing parts of my story are important because when I talk to people and I see these trends and I hear these commonalities, it's like so many of us come from the same pain, you know, even though it's a different type, you know, even though our journeys are all different. So many of us have come from different places, but and didn't have a person to kind of guide you or say, Hey, I've been there and let me tell you my story. I don't want you to go through it. This is what I did. You know? So I want people to, to remember me as someone that took, um, I cared enough to take my, my pain and, and help other people so that they wouldn't have to feel it. Cause I, if, if one less person can suffer, right. Like that, that makes me happy. So I would want people to think, remember me that way.
2: But I, I mean, I completely agree with all of that. Absolutely. You know, if you can help one person, that's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last one is my, which is our favorite, think I can speak for both Jen and I, which is apartment for E <laughs> which is where we, we shove everything that we want to rid the world of. Um, so as far as self-care goes, what, what do you want to rid the world of?
0: Oh, man, I want to rid the world of thinking that self-care is about bubble baths. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. if we could just yeah. remove, remove that shit yeah. from the equation yeah. and, stop think- and stop doing hashtag self-care of you <laughs> in, in your bubble bath or in the bubble bath of a hotel room <laughs> because you're, you're Sutton on IG, like, please stop. <laughs> I, would, I, I would love to get rid of that whole thing right there. I love it okay yeah
1: I think my annoyance with that too is that that's kind of almost always what you see you know what I mean and so I think there's a big like you said misconception that this is only what self-care looks like particularly Mm. for women you know yeah so we might have to be the ones to hashtag it up with some I don't know therapy sessions you know exactly self-care you know like water water and water and fruit self-care you know you might have to do that yeah, I definitely feel you. I feel
2: you on that for sure. There's a, what they i say at the end, there's a, a great uh, campaign Dove Real Beauty did recently called, I think it's Dove Real Beauty Sketches. Mm-hmm. Re- I recommend watching it. It's like a six minute um, cut. And, and what they did, they uh, had this artist come in, who was like an FBI sketchist and he had his back to the client. So he couldn't see who the people were and, and they would come in and behind a curtain and they would describe themselves and he would do the sketch based on their description. And then they had sat in the waiting room with someone else who they were, were told to keep an eye on them and look at them or whatever. And that person would then describe that the same person. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have the two different images it's it's really interesting um and very eye-opening um yeah. so i would highly recommend it. we'll put it on the website on our resources page um for sure but i would highly recommend uh, having a look at that it's it's quite an interesting one awesome. um but thank you eva this has been uh, absolutely fantastic um uh yeah this has been really informative and lovely and it's lovely to meet you as well
0: thank you both this was so much fun <laughs> i was a little yeah, nervous but this is good, <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, you,
1: yeah thank you and And specifically, I just want to speak to how uh, clear you are about Mm -hmm. self-care. You're clearly doing really, really great work. And I can see in you that uh, this is something that's very important to you Mm -hmm. because you practice it and you are a badass woman. So I hope that you continue Mm -hmm. to focus on women because we really, really need you. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, thank you. Thank you for appearing.
0: Thank you you both.
2: That was great. As always. That was so
1: good. Uh-huh. She's, She's so lovely.
2: Uh-huh. It's it's funny when she was talking about uh, how music can make you angry, sad, upset, I was just thinking, I really hope Jen pulls a mug into the shot right now.
1: <laughs> Why didn't you do it? Why would I have to do it?
2: <laughs> because as in you got the mug with the, the, the smiley face on it, I mean. Oh, the mug. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm like, I thought you were, okay. Th- definitely. Just for American the audience. English, British English
2: thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Je- Jen is a set she of mugs. am wanted me to do this. Uh-huh. With the some are smiley, some are angry, some are calm and whatnot, which I thought that would have yeah. been perfect. But um yeah, that, that was that was great. Um, Eva, I mean obviously the, the passion is one thing that, you know, it always sticks out to me about, about anyone, I guess, and, and her passion for self care and sharing that knowledge and encouraging it is something that's really special and and wonderful. And I'm sure she's helped many, many people and helped many more as well.
1: I'm sure. Yep. I am sure because David, I really man i really can't imagine the time that you have to carve out when you are married and have children that to me is almost like how do Mm -hmm. you do that Mm -hmm. but um she talked you know about being a single parent i think that was one of the most um Mm -hmm. impactful moments of her putting a note on her door you know and letting her child know hey this is mommy Mm -hmm. time -hmm. For many mommies, they'd be like, whoa, like a (laughs) guest, you know, because they'd be like, I'm not taking care of my baby. What if there's an emergency? It'll Mm -hmm. be fine. I also think it's awesome that her male, you know, child, her son, gets to see how important me time is for a woman, you know? So when he gets older, that'll be something that he's used to seeing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was an excellent interview.
2: Yeah. Yeah, me too. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of those practices that she instills in her own life are
1: uh,
2: funny of every a lot of the things she was saying. I'm like, that's for me, the, the morning routine, the evening routine, the meditation during the day, as you, as you said, the drinking the water and whatnot, they're all very important things that we know that we need every day, but we easily forget unless you really kind of get yourself into that understanding and that routine. Um, yeah. and also, I mean, so self-compassion, right. I mean, to in order to give yeah. yourself self-care, you've got to have self-compassion. And that's uh what well, there's three there's three things with self-compassion. One is mindfulness, right? The ability to understand that you're suffering or things are difficult. That's mindfulness is what the biggest part of it. Um then it's being loving and kind. So just knowing that it's difficult and knowing that it isn't easy, but you're also doing the best you can in your situation. So let's, you know, as you say we're single people or like on our own we have responsible for those but then there's parents and then there's husbands and wives and you're whatever it might be this is difficult right it's as simple as that yeah um and again and
1: then, we mean single and then not married both. yes that's all that we mean
2: and, and just to say Smell, I was also going <laughs> to bring that up before Jen did so that's that's you either way we were going to clarify so we're good um uh and then the third one is is just kind of being human right and to kind of realize that everyone is suffering you know not just you so yeah not be so point. hard on yourself to kind of think yeah. you know why should why i shouldn't be feeling like this this isn't like it's selfish of me to feel like this and that's not true you know like life is really really fucking tough um yeah know, for anyone even if you have a good life and it's uh, and you're on your own and whatever and you respond to yourself it's still tough a lot of the time um and in many different situations so self-compassion is really important um and that you know yeah would lead to self-care which is just as important um for sure yeah and, and like I we agree. talked a lot about in self it's kind of if you don't do that you're just you're not going to put yourself out there in, in your relationship right. as well as you could do it's as simple as that right so it's
1: true
2: yeah um all right um well thank you jen as always this has been great thank you yeah yeah um always interesting and uh anything before you want to say before we close up
1: um are we going to close up with apartment 40?
2: Of course we are. I, 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 oh, I'm so terrible about this. Please, you go first. Tell me what's your apartment for? What are you putting that's in? That's
1: why. That's what we're here for. Uh huh. Um, what am I putting in there? What am I putting in there? Ugh, this is hard because I really liked Eva's a mm. lot. Um, yeah, I'll put in. Well, she didn't put this in. I'll put in the idea of self-care being selfish because it's it's not you know mm-hmm. um, it's so full and you know to go back to a Yama who who's clearly one of my Yodas mm-hmm. um, the mantra that I spoke about earlier mm-hmm. you know about putting yourself first mm-hmm. um, is so impactful because when you pour in yourself I'm gonna use my little mug okay <laughs> my happy mug when you pour into yourself, right, like it fills up, fills up, and then it can get to a point where it overflows. So what Ayama says is that I agree with, whatever's in the cup is for me. Mm-hmm. Whatever flows out of the cup is for other people. Right. Um, and I just thought that was so amazing. You mm-hmm. know, like you have to be sure that your cup is full or work toward it so that you can be a better citizen, you know, so that you could be a better uh, wife, mother, child, you know, partner, whatever it is. So I'm putting in the idea that self-care is selfish in Apartment 4 for you. It's self full.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like, by the way, we should, we should have called episode one shooting the (laughs) self-ish. Just a little bad sad (laughs) joke for you there. Um, Okay. Um, I think that's, that's, absolutely true um, because it's definitely a misconception that's very common with self-care especially certain elements of it and certain examples of it Um, for me um, often uh, I feel like this is a bit of a theme for me lack of education about self-care when you're younger like the importance of of looking after yourself in and not just by eating the right food and sleeping and whatever it's like there's so much more to it than that and that mental self-care which is just is not taught and and mental illness is obviously such a huge know problem and 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 a lot of people suffer with mental illness in our world and uh even learning that kind of stuff can really help i think with understanding self-care and how to to help yourself um you know because a lot of people a lot of people don't understand it you know i've I've, like all of us have known people with mental illness and mental struggles and i don't understand it it's so incredibly complicated so all that kind of stuff to be taught a bit more about when you're younger, I think would be, would be great. So the lack of education of self-care and self-awareness and, and like how the brain works and and what you need to, to thrive for your brain um, is the lack of that should go in the apartment for e. am done. I
1: like it. I like
2: it. Good. All right. And so um, for our listeners, uh, obviously, as you know, you can, if you're on the podcast, you can also watch this on YouTube now, at shooting the ish with the Brit, we are on uh, Twitter at ish with the Brit I, I, every time I say it, I feel like I'm saying it wrong, ish with the Brit and then on uh, Instagram we are shooting shooting the ish with the Brit um, and all of those forgetting the g of course, shooting the ish with the Brit. Um, thank you everyone, and thank you, Jen.
1: Thank you everyone. thank you Deive.